You're listening to The Record Industry with Otto D. Coming at you live. Shot like a steering to the Eiffel Tower. Yes, which way, what, when, how. Mr. Otto D. Fit the track right now. Hey, I'm Otto D. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to listen to some great music and talk to some really cool people. And I know there's a lot of things you could be doing, so I appreciate that you're getting with this. Thanks for tuning in, and usually I bring my guests on late in the show. I think we're going to bring them on right away, but instead of introducing them, I'd let this song introduce them. And if you don't know who this is, at the end of this tune, I'll tell you. Future and our goals inside. 
Hey, this is Otto D for the Wallman Eye Center. I've been wearing trifocals with three different prescriptions in each lens for years, and I was always jerking my head up and down, side to side, as I tried to find the right part of the lens to look through. It was always annoying. I decided I'd had enough, and that's why this year I sought out Dr. Wallman at the Wallman Eye Center, a trusted ophthalmologist in Arizona for over 30 years. The Wallman Eye Center is the only facility in Arizona using the latest custom topography guided laser to assist in detailed mapping of the surface of your eyes. In my one-on-one consultation with Dr. Wallman, he described how he could tailor the process to match my eyes, giving me the comfort level I needed to trust him and his staff to do the procedure. If you want freedom from your prescription glasses or contacts, then trust me, it's time for your tailored LASIK outcome. You can count on Dr. Wallman at the Wallman Eye Center. I did, and I couldn't be happier. Call 602-222-2020. That's 602-222-2020. And that was We Are Family with Sister Sledge. And in the studio with me are Joni and Debbie Sledge. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Hello. How are you? Hello. Good. Very Welcome. Glad to be here. Thank you. I, Thank you. You guys are so busy, and then your schedule is ridiculous right now. And so I'm so happy that we could find this time. I know you actually <laughs> cut a rehearsal a little short to, to slip <laughs> over here today. Yeah. It's just a pleasure to work with you, Otto D. Lightfoot. it really is because i have to start using that i have to say you are one of the most amazing engineers we've ever worked with you have the keenest ears and so thank you for helping us with uh everything we've done with you well that's awesome yeah well i appreciate that but i didn't bring you on here to tell me how wonderful (laughs) i I I know like some of my guests say (laughs) don't stop there um but you guys have got so much going on, and, and in the short period of time we're going to spend together, we could go back to the beginning. We could talk about the future. There's so much to cover. But I do want to start with just a little bit about what is going on. Even on your website, you've got a bunch of shows coming up. Besides all the tours and shows, you're in the middle of a bunch of projects. So who wants to start? Uh, we're, we're, we have so much going on right now. I, I don't even know how we're doing it. But I know. We Are sleep we? in between. <laughs> but yeah. we have a great new record coming out. It's called Women Are the Rhythm of the World, and we call it Watro for short. Mm-hmm. But it's an r- amazing record because we have met so many beautiful, spiritually centered, amazing, successful, and heart, heart-loving women mm-hmm. throughout the world that we decided to pay tribute to them. And a, a writer of Nashville actually approached us one day and said, I got this song I want you to hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we love it. It's called Women Are the Rhythm of the World. And it's more than music. 
it's also a movement. We're we're connecting with a lot of um, profound charities and uh, different movements that revolve around women and about uh, women empowerment. Well, it sounds like another potential major anthem. <laughs> yes, yes, it, I think it is. And I, I just want to mention that the, the writer, Casey Jones, is a fascinating woman herself. She's also an artist. Um, and so we're, we're just very happy that uh, we get a chance to do this wonderful song. Mm-hmm. Well, and this, to, to finish that story, um, when you, I first heard this song, it was being sung by the songwriter. And oh. you brought it to me and played it in the studio. Okay. And I'm listening to that song going, damn, that sounds like Casey. <laughs> and I'm thinking, it couldn't be Casey. <laughs> so after listening for a while, I asked you, I said, "Who? this come from a writer out of Nashville? And you're like, yeah, yeah, Casey Jones. And I'm like, that's hilarious. I had known Casey as an internet, or not internet, excuse me, as an independent label radio promoter. She offered a service to independent companies. Oh, how cool. And a couple of my clients had hired her to take their records to radio. Mm -hmm. And so through that, I uh, was introduced to her comedy music, which is She's amazing. She's so funny. Yeah, so she's involved in a lot of things. And she has a pretty undeniable voice. So when I heard that, I thought it was wonderful that you guys were working together. Wait, she has the flaming red hair, Uh and she's with a group called the Sweet Potato Queens. That's right. That's, That's how i met her i'm a sweet potato queen i'm like oh okay yeah. she's fantastic and it yeah. is a great great song so i'm excited for that but since and since we mentioned that and it being uh, potentially an anthem from the standpoint of it's really going to draw people together and it's intended to be something that people can can kind of gather around we are family um as a single is is such an iconic song that the whole world has embraced not only um every team uh every town but every political campaign, uh, every now, every presidential inauguration party, you if you guys aren't there playing it, you're seeing it on TV being played in the background. So, in yeah. fact, how many times have you played that for a president or at a party? Um, seriously? Because um, I believe there was 1,500,675,000 no times. <laughs> right, Deb? <laughs> um, no. I just want to say that we'd never get tired of that song. Even uh, when we just heard it now, I was really enjoying it. It's, it's, there are a few songs you know, in the world that are, I think are as well-known as that hook. I mean, everybody knows we are family. If they don't know another word, uh, everybody knows that. And everybody sings that. And it becomes attached. It, it is. It becomes attached to a moment in their life whenever everyone's together. Like at every family reunion, I mean, everybody sings this song all the time. How does that feel? You know what? It is such a compliment to us because we just happen to be the ones that Nyla Rogers and Bernard Edwards wrote that song about. Mm-hmm. We just have it. You know, it's serendipity. You don't plan things like this. Mm-hmm. It's a major blessing, and we don't take it for granted. No, not no. at all. We're we're just privileged that. Uh, oh my goodness! All over the world, all over the world, um, people translate and embrace that song because mm-hmm. you know what even dogs and cats have families <laughs> well and beyond our immediate families we are all family i think that's one yes, of the things the world is gets closer and close seemingly closer and closer to understanding or fighting with yes. maybe but yeah. um so let's let's uh, go back that's that's had to be a day when that happened but let's go back to the beginning when because i still see this cute story on the east coast of these four little girls and their parents and they're saying we want to start a singing group and the parents typical family are going to be are you out of your minds 
Um, but of course, you had uh, entertainment family parents. Yes, yes, we did. So they were probably a little more supportive than some. It's, we it's grew up actually, around music. It's right? actually funny how we got started because we didn't really start. We were always singing. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the day that we, we sang it and we actually got paid for it, that was the beginning was like, of the oh. professional. <laughs> yeah, that was I know, because we sang hey. in church all the time with our grandma. Our grandma was a lyric opera singer. She went to Juilliard, and she actually taught us how to harmonize when we were really young. Mm-hmm. And we just thought it was fun. Sure. And so we just went and sang at her rose tea <laughs> every right. year at church. Right. And then Debbie's right. Once we got asked to do, and it was a political, I don't know, cabaret or something. And... We were scared to death. So how old were you at that event? Oh, I can't remember. I'm well, a billion right now, so it must have been... <laughs> <laughs> like 10, 11, 12. We were really, really yeah, young. About, because cause, uh, yeah. we were probably... Some of us were in elementary. Some of us were in uh, middle school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, your father was a... was a uh, Gosh, I forgot. A tap dancer, I think I read. Oh, yes. my dad was amazing. He was amazing. on Broadway. On so yes. Yes. One of the first African-Americans to work on Broadway. And he had a, he was with a team called Fred and Sledge. And I think the first show he did was called Kiss Me, Kate. And, oh, boy, he was amazing. He was, ah, that I don't actually, know, liquid feet. <laughs> it was that amazing. That actually ran for a long time on Broadway. Um, that was a, a major hit. Um, production on Broadway, mm-hmm. and the the song that he was famous for, or his that group was famous for, was called "It's Too Darn Hot." Too darn hot. <laughs> oh yes, recently Debbie did a jazz performance at the, um, the Cotton, Cotton Club, Club in New York City, mm-hmm. and um, she did that. She did that song "Too Darn Hot." Awesome. It was adorable. I really liked the words. You were supposed to sing it. I know, but, but I didn't practice, <laughs> and I didn't want to mess you up. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, well, I imagine he was dancing around the house, or always singing around the house. I mean, if you're a tap dancer, the music's in your soul, you know. Yeah, yeah. He, he had that. He had that energy about him. That everything he did was was lively and yep, it was great. We grew up. There was so much music in our house. Uh, we heard all kinds of diverse music from opera like Kiri Takanawa to um, Hugh Masekela, mm-hmm. African jazz and Ella Fitzgerald and James Brown. I mean, we had a variety of musical influences just growing up in our home. Well, did your mother sing? She sang professionally as well. Did she my mother Our did. mother? My mother was actually a singer with with a with a band an orchestra she was she was yes i didn't she, know that yeah um she said she never well, she started driving you guys around by well, the time you, you know why because mom had a little bit of a pitch problem she could dance she, do, she doesn't call herself she didn't call herself a singer I didn't, I didn't she says i'm you. not a real singer but she was a beautiful woman and they yeah. they had to have a showgirl in front of the band you know in right. front of the band and so she right. she would sing she now she was, okay. was beautiful she did Absolutely. okay Okay, but then, she doesn't call herself a singer. And she then did. I think it was either her or your grandmother. I think it was her who was your manager for a little bit when the band started driving you around to gigs, yes. you know, kind of getting things yes. going. She did. She managed us for a, for a while. And so you had your first. You were signed to a local label called Moneyback in '71. Oh my gosh! How do you even know and, that? And a single was uh, <laughs> "Time Will Tell." Was I forgot the, that. <laughs> was the song. Yeah, actually, the art. One of the first songs that we did was backing vocals mm-hmm. for. 
Uh, the stylistics was it? The stylistics. It sure was. Oh, cool. Philly. Yeah. So right. many great groups in oh, Philly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a great time to be there. Yeah, Harmony. We grew up Corner Boys and all these, you know, quintets and people that were doing all kinds of sevens and amazing harmonies and glee club. I think and that... we um, had the most... We had an amazing band. They were all hilarious. People from Philly are hilarious. So even when you were in middle school, <laughs> oh. you had a band behind you. We had a band. And what did the band, band comprise of? How many players? <laughs> we, we had about uh, five. Because I know we had a flute player. Remember Iru? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And me, <laughs> I played flute too. Joni played flute. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we had like a five-piece band, you know, the regular uh, rhythm and section. And we worked and then sure. everywhere, everywhere, every single solitary joint from Philly to New York until we got to Madison Square Garden. And that Jersey. is the honest to God truth. Every tiny, tiny little hole in the wall to the biggest place you could work to... Radio City to Carnegie Hall to Madison Square Garden. Those <laughs> venues were after We Are Family, probably. Um, no? it, it was eventually getting in there. It just kept it kept growing and growing. Because you had a you had a, a single that was big in Japan before you got your deal and did the We Are Family record. Yeah, um, and I know that you guys got to go to Japan to to perform. Yes. And so that had to be crazy. That had to seem to you to be the biggest thing in the world. That was amazing. It was, it was amazing it, to go to all all the way to Japan with you know little neighborhood, right? Yeah, neighborhood kids standing on the bus waiting to go to school. And that was, I think that was that. Uh, Mama never told me, or was that time will tell? What what cut was that? We, got, we actually won a silver award at the Jap- uh, Tokyo Music Festival for mm-hmm. pain reliever. Oh, yeah. okay. The name of the song was My Pain Reliever Cause I'm down cool. With love fever Yeah, yeah that's um, what it was. <laughs> that was an, I have to tell you That was one of the highlights of my life I'll never forget it Japan was the most Beautiful Beautiful place And technologically it was so far advanced I remember looking at HDTV in the 70s And going wow the TV is so clear. Oh, that's HD. We didn't get it until what? 20 years yeah, later. Really? That's funny. But um, when we stepped off the airplane, we were in shock. There were hundreds of kids the in fans. the airport mm-hmm. with big posters with our faces on them. And Man, we were like, who that? are these people? And why, why do they have our <laughs> We didn't even get it. <laughs> right. But um, they Amazing. were so, at, at the shows, and they were very polite. Mm-hmm. They don't scream and rant and rave like us. But at the end of the show, they rushed the stage with gifts. We got, like, so many beautiful gifts. It was really... People and made we have friends that are lifetime friends from that visit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Lifetime have you been friends. back? You've been back to Japan since, obviously. Yes. But that first time, it's kind of like the first time you have lobster or the first time you do something. Yeah. It's like... It's, yeah. They gave yeah. us They gave beautiful. us sushi. There you go. How do you like sushi? And they waited. There you go. But I mean, it's always that first time it's special. It's you know, it's you can things can get bigger and bigger. But that first time you do something amazing like it that, is. Really oh well, I'll never forget it. Yeah. Really, I just think it's the wonderful. power of music is such a remarkable thing to be able to share music. And I just to bring that up when we did the Tokyo Music Festival, I remember looking at the the, the orchestra. There were forty pieces. They were all Japanese, and I'm like, oh, are they going to be able to play our music? <laughs> I didn't, 
They put the music in front of them, counted it off, and boom, boom. they were right on target. And I was like, wow, music universal. is a universal language. language. Yes. Notes are notes everywhere. <laughs> Well, I didn't mean to compare, you know, touring Japan for the first time with eating lobster, but my stomach's <laughs> growling, and apparently I'm hungry, which isn't unusual. Um, I'd like to spin another song. You guys have had a bunch of big, big hits, but um, I actually have a friend who, when I told him you guys were going to be on the show, he said, "Oh my God, I had such a crush on the youngest one when oh, they mm-hmm. came out, and uh, he's the greatest. Me. He's no. the greatest dancer. He just oh, he is like the song, you know? <laughs> fantastic. I so, love it. So I thought we'd spin. Uh, he's the greatest dancer." One night in the disco on the outskirts of Frisco, I was cruising with my favorite gang. The place was so boring, filled with out-of-towners touring. I knew that it wasn't my thing. I really wasn't caring, but I felt my eyes staring at a guy who stuck out in the crowd. He had the kind of body that would shame Madonna's And a face that would make any man proud Oh, what's wow? He's the greatest dancer Oh, what's wow? That I've ever seen Oh, what's wow? He's the greatest dancer Oh, what's wow? The champion of dance His moves will put you in a trance And he never leaves the disco alone Arrogance but not conceit As a man he's complete My creme de la creme Please take me home He wears the finest clothes The best designers heaven knows Ooh, from his head down to his toes Halston, Gucci, Iarucci He looks like a steer That man is dressed to kill Oh, what's wow He's the greatest dancer
You're listening to The Record Industry with Otto D. And that was He's the Greatest Dancer with Sister Sledge. That's a great, great track. Thank you. Love it. Love that track. So do you remember back when you recorded that song? Oh my gosh, you know, I have to say that Nile Rodgers and Bernard Edwards wrote a bunch of songs for us. And that song, it's really funny because there are lyrics in there that say... um, like, please take me home. Mm-hmm. And we're like good girls, and we had a problem with that. We're like, no, we can't say that. We don't want to say <laughs> And we ended up saying it, but on our shows, to this day, we say, please don't go home, instead of please take me home. Okay. And he's always joking and yeah, you know, that, making fun of us. It really but tickles hey, him. He's, he's our really grandma tickled. traveled with us, okay? <laughs> That's an interesting story. Yeah. Uh, speaking of traveling, you guys have got another huge event coming up. The yes. uh, Global... Yes, Global Family Reunion. That's June the 6th. Tell me a little bit about New York. Uh, Global Family Reunion is probably the largest family gathering in history. It's going to be at the New York, old New York Fair, New York World's Fair grounds in uh, Queens, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, it is an organization that was started by um, a guy who just simply said, We're all related by DNA, we're all human. And it's time for us to start recognizing that we have more in common than we do different Mm -hmm. and start treating each other better. And honestly, that's why he did it. We're honored that he asked us to participate in it. And he started this whole big mm, movement about people opting in to find out if you're a cousin. I mean, really is serious. He's going to have doctors and scientists there as well. Lots of fun for families. He has about 77 million people that have opted into the global family and some a lot of star power too like i think daniel radcliffe and ryan gosling and i think even even president bush's family is in that so there are there's some internet internet presence where you yes. can log on and learn yes. more about the you can uh, log on to and, the global family reunion and you can actually uh send it's some kind of way you can actually send in your you can do a dna test yeah they yeah. will test for you um, it's no, interesting. Give you your results. <laughs> well, we, oh, like you're related to somebody. <laughs> yeah, we're cousins. We're all yeah, cousins. we're looking forward to just hanging with people. It's going to be internationally uh, televised. Wow! So it's yes. a big concert it's, yeah. as well. It, it's like a big fair, mm-hmm. like a big festival. I guess it's like um, like a Lollapalooza. It's mm-hmm. uh, a lot of um, artists, but for the most part, it's a family thing. And you can invite your grandma and your your kids, and um, we are going to be there just just embracing the fact that I agree with AJ Jacobs as the the chairman, mm-hmm. and I just agree with him. I think that it's time for us to really start valuing the fact that we have all have the same needs that we are all family. need for love, actually. Well, and speaking of that, we spoke a little bit earlier, and and Debbie, you know carrying that moniker on your shoulders into the world we are family you you guys brought it and now everyone everyone kind of expects that expects that of you there's a real responsibility uh yes um when you when you when you asked me that question what's it like carrying such such an anthem uh such such Mm -hmm. something so huge that's actually uh an anthem for so many years Mm -hmm. and it's a, it's a great privilege, but it, it is also, you know, it hits you 
wow, uh, what a what a, what a, what a privilege, what an honor, but what a responsibility, and what am I going to do with that responsibility? So, we have to be. We feel like we have to be accountable, and you know, in in the sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a it's a it's a great privilege, and um, we we take it serious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, we have serious fun. <laughs> right, right. No, I understand. Yeah. Well, that's that's all very exciting. Now, this show, on, I think you mentioned it was June 6th in New York? Yes, it's June 6th. Um, look it up online. It's called the Global Family Reunion, GFR. And, of course, we'll be singing We Are Family. And also, we're going to be introducing our new music, Watro, women cool. are the rhythm of the world. Oh, that's fantastic! So kind of be broken We're out. We're so right excited. There. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's going to be great. And you know what? I think we'll do is we'll spin one more song uh, before we go to this uh, little segment I have called Sam Says with okay. Sam Moore. We'll get Sam on the line. And uh, but before we do, I want to play one more cut off that record from you guys and another really really big big hit popular tune called Lost in Music. Ooh. Maybe we'll come back and chat about that a little bit after we visit with Sam. Why don't you go get a job? Uh-uh. All that 
Okay, that's Lost in Music with Sister Sledge from their album We Are Family. And uh, the next thing we got going on is a little guest by the name of Sam Moore. Sam, are you there? Hello, my friend. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing real well. Thanks for calling in. I'm doing well. I'm doing the same as you. I'm doing wonderful. Let me crank this music down so I can hear you talk. I always like to keep that song going. It's a great, great hit song. Well, listen, uh, a couple people here would like to say hello to you. Hello. Hi, Sam. More, more, more. How do you like it? How do you like it? (laughs) Ah, how do you like it? Who am I speaking? Uh, This is Joni and Debbie Sledge from Sister Sledge. God bless you, girl. How you doing? I'm fantastic. Nice to hear you. Good to hear from you. Yeah, they've been in here. We've been playing a lot of their music and having some uh, sharing some fun stories, kind of like when you were in with me. Ah, So uh, I just wanted them to say hello for you. But listen, while I've while I've got you tonight, um, we we some news this week was kind of sad, and I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about that. We um, you know everybody's mourning the passing of Percy Sledge. And uh, yeah. I know that you had known Percy, and um, I thought maybe you could just talk a little bit about what his music meant to you and kind of share a little. Well, you know, Percy Percy was from, um, uh, he, was right, he was from Alabama, right across the street from where Wilson Pickett uh, and Aretha, most of shows Alabama. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first time that... Uh, uh, we went out on the road. The, the, the Otis Redding and the Sam and Dave tour went out for 63 days, and everybody at that time had a big hit record. And uh, you could add uh, Percy mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. And I remember Percy uh, had the, you know had that hit song "When a Man Loves a Woman," and I remember so well. Every night, every every city that we traveled to. Percy was saying, and he would fall on his knees, and mm-hmm. then he would get up, and he t- take his coat off, and then he would tear his shirt off, and he would throw it out in the, to the audience. Mm-hmm. So one night he did it in New Orleans. Uh, he was singing, and Otis had come in, and we were standing in the curtains watching. And having said that, uh, he took his shirt off, he took his coat off, and he he took take, took his his shirt, and he threw it out in the audience, and Otis said, if he throws another damn shirt out there, I'm going to kill him. Go buy him some shirts. So I went out and bought him 27 boxes of shirts so he could, he could have because he was running out of shirts to throw every night at, on the show. Wow. Yeah. I wonder how many people collected those shirts and still have those laying around. I don't know. I swear, I don't know. But uh, Percy was one of the nicest people you would ever want to meet. He was no problem. And uh, a lot of people, uh, even my daughter, said, oh, he was a one hit, one and I was. He had two or three hits, you know. But Percy was very nice and his favorite team. Anytime during the season that baseball was in, you could bet your bottom dollar that Percy would be, he would wound up into uh, Cincinnati. He mm-hmm. and uh Little Anthony, mm-hmm. and it was something else, and he—that's what he loved, and that's what he did. But he was wonderful. He was nice, and I enjoyed, you know, I, I, country. But I loved him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, it's interesting. When a man loves a woman was the first song that he recorded under contract uh, in 1966. Yeah. So he really uh, kind of blew up right right from the get go with that song. And uh, he did. He, did he do you did. do you recall? I'm I'm sure Joyce would know, but do you recall? I I don't remember the stuff that Joyce always does. Who wrote that song? Did he did he write that song as well? I you know, looked she up the asked, writer. She asked me the same thing. Uh, I think someone else wrote the song, okay. but I can't remember. Okay, I'll right have to now, check that it's, out. In, it's in. You know what? It's in the book. Uh, um, Here comes the night. Right. It's in the book uh, on Atlantic. Out. Yeah, I'll check it out. I know that uh, it was re-released twenty-five years later and went to number one again. And I think when, yeah. when Michael Bolton did it, and I think any time a song can keep going to number one, I mean, it says an awful lot about the first guy that did it in terms of defining yeah. it in the marketplace and just how powerful it is. Or right, you're not going to believe this, but would you believe uh, years as years went on? Percy was one of the first black, uh, as I like to call it, a man of men, a man of color, mm-hmm. that went to South Africa and became a big, big star mm-hmm. wow. there in Johannesburg. He had a uh, radio show. He had a tour going. He was, uh, oh my God, he was so big, and he was really, really huge in South Africa. I went over one time, uh, James Brown did his show, uh, but uh, I, I, I never knew what happened, but uh, at that time, he was so big, in, in, just in South Africa, and Percy worked as much as he wanted to work, and that was all the time. <laughs> That's fascinating. Thanks for sharing Yeah, that. yeah, That's, absolutely. Wild. Well, you know, it's in in the same vein in terms of uh, the spirit. You recorded a song a couple of years ago with our dear friend, your dear friend, Nils Lofgren. Nils put yep. a, a record out, and I think he had gotten a call about a friend who was ill, and it just struck him that, you know, as we get older, we we're, we lose our friends and as an industry. Uh, we lose a lot of just incredible talent as they pass, and and yeah. you guys, he invited you to, to sing a song with him called uh, Ain't Too Many of Us Left. And, that was uh, Neil Northern, uh, right? I'm sorry? Uh, that was Neil. We did it in the yeah. studio at yeah. the time. Uh, yeah, I was... Put the uh, vocal to it. Yeah, I was lucky enough you to know, get you to know work You know who that was for? Him. Actually, it was... Uh, um, to tell you the truth, Otto, it was uh, really dedicated to Clarence Clemens. That's who played right. with Ot- I played with uh, uh, Bruce. That's right. Clarence had just passed then. Bruce, but yeah, Clarence had just passed. And I remember so well after... Uh, Clarence passed. Uh, I was invited to go down to Florida at the Hard Rock and mm-hmm. uh, do the song. Uh, but the uh, the CEO manager slice manager he wouldn't allow it. Hmm. No, he he because he, he told everybody that that was a lie. Never that I had never. You know, he didn't. He doesn't recall ever doing anything. Of course, my doing anything with uh, with Bruce, and he said uh, we don't have. We're not going to have that. So we didn't do it. But I, I had a wonderful time down there. But it was actually for in uh, tribute to um, to Clarence. Mm, okay. Well, you know, in honor of Percy and a lot of our other friends that have passed, I thought maybe we'd spin that record tonight. Are you up for that? Go for it. All right, my friend, and thanks so much for calling in, Sam. We're going to spin this tune, and then uh, we're going to uh, we'll have you back again. We'll chat again next week. You guys want to say goodbye to Sam? Tell those beautiful ladies that said hi. Oh, Sam, it's a pleasure speaking with you. 
Hey, we got to get together one of these times, ladies. I know. Well, I can facilitate that. We'll we'll hook everybody up. Well, if y'all weren't so old, I probably would have hit on you, but uh, (laughs) y'all, you're a little too too old. (laughs) God bless. God bless. All right, on that note. Take care, sir. Do the same, baby.
cool. Isn't that something else? <laughs> that was cool. That was like funky, bluesy, groovy, cool. Yeah, it's a great, great song. And, and Sam did a fantastic job. He sure did. And what what a job I have. I get to hang out with you guys and hear <laughs> these stories in and, and the midst of all the plans that are going on. And then Sam sharing all of uh, the stories from his history. It's just incredible. He know? is. Except for one thing. Sam? He's not. He's we, gone. Yeah, he's we gone. were two in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. I had to say that. Well, you know what? We have one other segment that we always run on the show, and that is, what is your favorite John Lennon song? This segment is brought to you by America's foremost speed painter, Randall Hedden. And oh. I would like to put that question to you, Joni. What is your favorite John Lennon song? Well, it has to be Imagine. That I, is just such an me. ideal, beautiful well, Beautiful it's it's, it's kind yeah, of uh, the global village message. It's yes. um, you know we are family message. Yes. It is. It's that we're all connected. That we're all the same. That we all have the same need for love. I love that song. Well, it's beautiful. Then I say we should play that song. Oh, great! In honor of the global yes, village event and uh, Joni's favorite John Lennon song. Imagine. Nothing 
Beautiful. Quite a message. Beautiful. And, um, you know, that was so many, so many years ago, 1970. Yeah. Amazing. Have you, know. you seen the display of that and MIM at the Musical yeah. Instrument yeah. Museum? Mm -hmm. It's absolutely beautiful. They have his original piano there. Right, that he wrote the song on, I believe, is there. It's gorgeous. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, you should really go check that out. I have. It's I chilling. Have I tell you something else if you haven't seen it, you should see, and that's the movie Danny Collins. Yeah. I just saw it the uh, night before last, and it's, uh, it's a great story about a singer who actually got a letter from John Lennon, but it was held up for 40 years. Wow. And his manager bought it on, like, on eBay and gave it to him as a birthday present, and but it was written in 1971, and he, it was after John had read an interview by this guy. It's based on a real story, loosely. And um, John was giving the guy hope and gave him his phone number said, call me so we can oh, talk. Oh, you're kidding. Wow. But John mailed it to the magazine because he didn't know how to reach the guy. Uh, no, no internet back then. And the magazine dude kept the letter because he smelled money. Wow. And the guy never got it. Oh, until no. 30, 40 years later. Wow. But it's a fascinating, it's a great story. It's a really oh, fun movie. That and is fascinating. There's nine John Lennon songs in the soundtrack, and they are so I, fitting to the story. I mean, story. the fact that he actually took time to actually write a letter to yeah. him, that just shows what kind number. of person he is. Yeah. Because John he read, Lennon it was this really. young kid, like 18-year-old, and he read in the interview that the, that the kid was worried. He was asked by the uh, the reporter, if he got famous, would it impact his writing? Would it ruin or corrupt his writing? And he felt, yeah, I'm afraid it would. And the reporter was telling him, you're so incredible, you're going to be famous. And that's why he asked the question, how is this wow. going to So John wrote him and said, no, it doesn't have to. You know, and and call me. We could talk about this. You well, know, that's, that's so cool. Wouldn't that have been something? Yeah. So. I actually think the greatest people are the most humble. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've found that. I have found that in, in this business uh, very much so. The guys who are really trying have a lot to prove are the ones that are the tough ones to deal with. But you walk in a room with where Eric Clapton's doing a recording session and Greg Phelan Gaines is there. And, you know, I mean, all these guys, they're the, the, just sweethearts, mm -hmm. nicest guys. That's well, amazing. Yeah, I've, I found that too. Yeah, and that's and like you guys. You know, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And then everybody has, they always come up to you with something to prove. And you, just, <laughs> you have to just take that, you know. <laughs> And you know, it's funny, I, I had a chance to meet Nelson Mandela once, mm -hmm. and I felt the same way. First of all, he's really, really tall. He's like uh, maybe 6'4", six, 6'5", six, mm -hmm. and um, he reached down to shake my hand. I'm like, I wanted to reach up and just grab him and tell him how much I admire him, but he was so humble. He reached down to shake my hand. He looked me square in the eye and said... It is such a pleasure that you are here. And I'll never forget that because, I mean, come on, that's Nelson Mandela. That amazing? It's like the president. And I, I just realized that that made him even taller, made him like a giant. Mm -hmm. He was a giant because he was so humble. Humility is an interesting thing. It's not um, submissiveness and it's not shyness at mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. It's actually grandeur. Mm -hmm. But it's being able to understand that, you know, you're you are very comfortable in your own skin and that you honor other people. Yeah. And it's interesting because in this world of pop music, you know, competition, it's not fostered, but it's probably one of your most powerful tools. It's, it is. But it's not promoted in the sense young young artists who don't have somebody over them helping them and training them right. uh, go completely the opposite way until. Right. 
They oh, you know, it's another too. great it's story. Was um, last we were on tour with uh, Nile Rodgers last summer, and um, our guitarist was having a problem with one of the songs that Nile wrote, and Nile invited him into his hotel room after the show. It's a like, come here, man. I'll show you how that goes. It's a little trick. He to this day, our guitarist is so completely mesmerized by Nile and so grateful because he actually showed him like a, a, a secret of how he gets some of that groove mm -hmm. and I thought that was really another example of humility yeah exactly yeah. that's Very awesome great. well I'm going to thank you guys so much for coming in like I said before I know you're so busy and I was so happy we could squeeze this little visit well, it in it was such a pleasure Thank you. And oh, the stories. It you was auto-delightful. Yeah, we had a good time. Because <laughs> now I see Auto-delicious. <laughs> well, thank you. I see the four of you running around. I see you in as teenagers with your band. I see you going to Japan for the first time. You know, and all those images of what it's been like to live the life before at that peak and then maintaining this career for so many years. It's a pretty incredible story. And well, I'm proud to be you. here with you on, you know, on little bits that I get to participate in. It's exciting. Well, thank and you. auto uh, is is are, is there a contest going where someone gets to have dinner with you? <laughs> What's that about? Well, that's funny that you should bring that up. And luckily, we're out of time. Oh. But uh, <laughs> more about that next week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, again, just uh, thanks so much for coming in. It's really been a pleasure to have you. And this has been Sister Sledge, Debbie and Joni. And you guys are about to head out on tour. And when do you leave the country? Uh, we're leaving month. April thirty, April twenty-eighth. Yeah. I think you're in New York too. You're heading. Yeah, this New year. York. Um, we're going to, to Guadalupe, to Europe, to Belgium, to France, a lot of places until October. Okay. Big, big touring schedule. Well, travel safe. I'm Thank sure I'll see you, you when you get back. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>